Welcome back, baby faces. Victor Villain here. Let's see who's making their way to the ring. Oh, Freddy Chubby Flock, what do you mean? Let me And now, making his HPC podcast debut, he is an 11 time tag team champion, an eight time world heavyweight champion, former two time WWC junior heavyweight champion, the one, the only. Ricky Reyes. How you doing, Ricky? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, no, thank you for joining us, man. How are you, man? How you been? I it's been uh, I think it's been about five months since we last saw you dropping some knowledge at the Monster Factory, man. Uh it's been a good time. How you how you been since then? I've been great. Great. Just trying to keep as healthy as possible, you know. <laughs> yeah, all right. You look good. You look good. Um you keep in shape. You you still doing your wrestling, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Every week. Cool, cool, man. Uh, you're doing more training nowadays, though, right? Where exactly do you train now? Uh, well, I've always kind of just trained at the Monster Factory. I've, I've been doing that for a couple years now when I do train uh, myself, like as far as like getting workouts in and stuff like that. But I do a lot of seminars and stuff. I think that's what probably, uh, you guys are probably seeing a lot of is uh, about uh, two, maybe three times a month. I, I get like seminars booked with shows. Uh, that I'm on all over the country, so I, I'm doing a lot more of them. They seem to be kind of catching on pretty well. Okay, so. that's cool. And then that's obviously helping out the younger talent and whatnot, right? Getting them prepared, what, teaching them the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah, I kind of cover a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, I, I tend to, like you guys know, kind of go on like rants and stuff. Once you kind of get going on on certain things, like one thing leads to another and another and so forth. So. Uh, yeah, they, they, they catch on and, you know, it's just, uh, it's one of those things where for, I don't know how many years, I mean, I've always kind of had people ask me to watch their match and, and, you know, kind of give my opinion on, on certain things. That's why I kind of came up with the idea of like, Oh, I'll just start to offer some, uh, seminars and see how they, how they go. And I started doing that a few years ago and, and they've done really well. So I'm just, uh, continuing to do that. I really enjoy it. So. How often are you traveling or because I'm, I'm assuming they're all local or they're not all local. I'm sorry. No, not all of them. I was just uh, I had a, a big one in San Antonio like two weeks ago and then I'll have one uh, Saturday in Mississippi, Brandon, Mississippi. And then I'll have one in uh, in Canton, Georgia on June 8th with uh, TJP and I will be hosting it together. Uh, I got a couple other ones I'm uh, trying to lock down with a couple other promoters right now. So they're kind of all over the country, you know, everywhere I go, I try to offer, uh, you know, part of like a package deal. It kind of helps everybody out. So that's real good, man. It's real good. And I, for one, uh, uh, took advantage of that when you were around for the monster. I, I can tell you for sure that that's a, it's a good program. Uh, Ricky um, question. So out of all the talent that you've seen and trained, who are you most excited to see become successful in pro wrestling? Ugh, that's a tough one. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, as far as like doing seminars and stuff, uh, it's it's usually the people that are like you know, couple few years in at the most. They feel like uh, a lot of times it's people maybe four or five years in. They they feel like they they feel like they don't need. To, to go to seminars as much 
then they'll be the first ones to ask me, hey, can you watch my match tonight, you know? And then uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff I critique them on, I'm like, I had a seminar earlier, you know, you could probably <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, you uh, should have definitely been there. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, every state you go to, you got one or two guys that, that have a ton of potential or are extremely athletic. You know, there's a couple – couple guys uh so i did one in south bend indiana a while a couple months ago and there's a couple guys that are super athletic you know but again you know potential and then meeting that potential are, are two different things you know okay um ricky so the la dojo has produced some big names in wrestling whose success has surprised you the most and whose success do you see immediately um well, when when I was there, I was with the uh, the original Inoki's Dojo from New Japan, and uh, it was uh, TJP, Rocky Romero, uh, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Yamamoto, who ended up being uh, uh, being uh, Yoshitatsu. Oh, you know, like everyone you know, kind of grew together, really, you know, and then kind of went off and did did their own stuff. I mean, like, uh, we always felt like all of us uh, really felt like TJP was, you know, even at the time was, like, just, like, the best technical wrestler, even when he was, like, 18, 19 years old, you know. Like, he came to Japan with us when he was only 17 years old, like, his first trip to Japan. Um, and we just thought that, like, he was just going to be – you know, like something out of this world. And, and obviously he, he became like, you know, a huge star and stuff like that. But I mean, overall, I think all of our, all, out of all of us, like obviously the, the biggest star ended up being Brian, you know, and uh, at the time, you know, the, the knock on him, at least according to WWE and, and a lot of people in WWE was that he was too, you know, vanilla, I guess, like, uh, just too plain and, and boring, you know, e even as a ring of honor world champion, that was always, you know, his, his uh, downfall, according to like the quote unquote experts, you know, like they kind of wrote about him was like, Oh, he's great in ring bell to bell. You know, you got to give him 20, 30 minutes to see his magic, you know, and uh, just felt like he didn't really have anything to sell, you know, as far as like becoming a big attraction, but obviously he proved them, you know, wrong uh in a big way so uh, I, I would say brian was obviously the biggest shock just because of the heights that he reached like wrestlemania 30 was just kind of like i don't know like watching it myself i was like i, I kind of knew i had an idea of what was gonna happen you know but just the way it came wow. off perfectly and it was just one of those things you kind of sat back and watched like you all the guys that you know wrestled with him and and traveled with them and stuff. We, I'm sure at some point we all kind of felt like it was a little, it was a small victory for all of us in some way, you know, it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. He was just the most unlikely of the indie stars to make it, you know, to that level, you know, I mean, there was always punk was, you know, kind of like the first one, but, yeah, right. uh, I felt like punk kind of made, his legacy and everything else kind of off his anger and, you know, you know, and everything else to where Brian just kind of went out and really just earned it the hard way. You know, I always look at Brian as being like the first real 
independent guy that uh, of this generation, of our generation at least, of like making it, you know, that wasn't like a territory wrestler beforehand, you know, um, or wasn't like a WWE made guy to make it to that level. So right, right. I would say Brian of, of, of our group at least. Brian. That's fair enough. Yeah, it was a fairy tale ending at WrestleMania 30. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said um, – you mentioned TJ. Um, led this up to our, our next question, which was how, do you, how did you feel about what went down with, uh, with him in the, w, in the E? Um, but I, you kind of told us that already, but do you give him any advice these days or a sense? Well, I, I found out a, a few weeks before he got released because I had – I texted him about coming to New York for for WrestleMania week, and uh, I had planned on uh, hanging out with him during the week, and because uh, I had some shows out that way, and I thought it'd just probably just be easier to just crash crash at his hotel and hang out with him and catch up and stuff. And uh, he he messaged me back and was he's like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be here that long, and. He's kind of always kind of kicked around that that type of attitude. Like just knowing TJ, you, you know, I just kind of rolled my eyes. I said, "Oh, you know, like what's wrong now?" You know, and uh, it yeah. turned into any boy would would do super for his boy. Yeah. So so I just you know I just listened to what he had to say, and he just he felt that he was extremely under underused, and uh, you know he he had he had a lot more to offer, and and he had tons of ideas and. You know, uh, you know, they say there, I mean, I don't, I don't know personally, but they say like they want you to, to come up with ideas and they want your your influence. And, you know, and he had a ton of them, you know, and I, and, and, and everything. And they just kind of were like, yeah, yeah, to his face. And then nothing would happen behind his back, you know, and, and then it just ended up TJ's pretty. uh mm, I don't know how to say it, but like. If he's unhappy, he's not really shy about letting people know that he's unhappy. So I could see that being a, a big thing back, you know, in, in any locker room, like, you know, even our in our locker room in Lucha Underground, you know, we can kind of sense who's happy there and who's not. And, uh, you know, it's it's never a good look to have somebody that's doesn't want to be there, part of the team, you know, and, and, and uh, so it, it's rough, you know, and ultimately it's just matter of just letting them go and go off do their own thing so i mean i, I talked to him since and after he got released you know I, I let it let it blow over for a few days and then i reached out and i actually went to la to shoot um a documentary on the school that i started with and he was actually uh in la at the same time so we met up and kind of caught up and kind of explained to me everything that happened and we talked for a little bit and uh i mean we're we're, we're still like best friends so we, we keep in touch you know, like maybe not all the time because we're kind of, you know, caught caught up doing our own things. But like when we do catch up, it's like, you know, we just talked to each other yesterday. You know, it could be months, before, you know, since we've talked to each other. But uh, you just kind of get that connection right away and pick up right where you left off. So, I mean, I, you know, he, he knows I'm here for him if he needs anything, if, if I can help in any way. You know, I, I've offered a couple of different ways. I said, you know, if you need anything or, you know, contact, whatever I said, I. I can vouch for a lot of people, you know, let me know if you're, you're questioning, you know, whatever. And so, you know, he'll be fine. You know, he's, he was a big star before he went to WWE and he's an even bigger star now. So he'll be more than fine. 
I, for one, definitely am a big fan. I love the work. The whole CWC tournament with him was amazing. It's, it, it is it is uh it is sad that uh they under underutilized them the way they did. Yeah, I mean, but they do that with a lot of guys, you know. Like, uh, you know, that's that's the tough position you're in uh, when you're stuck on an hour long show. Like, I know that for a fact because you know all the guys and girls that we have in Lucha Underground. You know, and there's maybe three matches total on, you know, and you got like 40 animals in the locker room, you know, and, and it can get to you. It, it wears on you, you know, um, there's only so many spots. There's only one top spot, you know, and yeah. uh, everyone's kind of fighting, clawing. Why, why, you know, why don't I, why am I not there? You know, and it's, I mean, it makes you, it makes you uh, second guess yourself, you know, and, and that's what, that's what will drive you crazy. You know, because I mean, there was times when, in you know, when I go to TV every week, and it's just kind of like I'm, I'm like asking, am I doing something wrong? Like, you know, am I not producing what you guys want? You know, um, how can I get better? How can I improve? You know, and at the end of the day, it's like if you're just not the chosen one, you know, there's, you know, you're just not like that's just how it is. You know, it doesn't right, right. It's nothing to do with your skill or your ability to 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 produce, but you know, it's just that's just how it is. You know. Ricky, how would you uh, differentiate Lucha Underground from from your uh, the other promotions you work at, or or even the uh, early stage ROH? Because I feel like it's a different vibe. It's not really the same animal. Well, no, it's definitely not because people need to understand as well. Like Lucha Underground is just a television show. It's it's not a wrestling company in any way. You know, uh, it's a television show about a wrestling promotion and promoter, but, uh, it's, it's not in any way, uh, you know, a wrestling company. So in a wrestling company where you can eventually kind of like in one night, you can almost change how people look at you or, or, you know, the perception of you, um, can't really do that on TV show because a lot of the stuff that you have to do, the important stuff is all, more like the backstage skits and stuff. So it's the actual show itself. It's not so much the six to eight minutes you get bell to bell, you know, and that's even more so a story than anything, you know, it really, it's like, it's not about, Oh man, this, you know, the writers all sitting in the back thinking this guy just killed it for the third night in a row. Like we got to give him something more next week, you know, or, or, or next month when we come back, we're at the pay-per-view, we got to give him a better spot. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's like you're written in to do this and that's it. You know, you can be the most amazing wrestler in the world, but you might only have three minutes and, you know, two of it is telling this story and one of it is getting out of that situation. And that's it. Like, you know, so it's way different because in ring of honor, like you can earn, you can work your way up uh, or work your way down, you know, uh, all depending on your performance in the ring. So what's important to Ring of Honor is what happens between those ropes. What's important to Lucha Underground is that you fill the role that you're hired to do, you know, and uh, that role could be more of a backstage type of character. Like I look at a famous B, you know, who's like an awesome wrestler, but he's an even better mouthpiece. And they highlighted that. Now his whole job really is being like a manager, you know, uh, type of character you know like and you know i'm sure 
at the end of the day, he's wishing that that he was wrestling for the heavyweight title, you know, but he's just part of a group and that's that's our job, you know, and uh, I mean, we all work hard and we all do our job well, you know, that's, otherwise we wouldn't be there, you know, after four seasons, you know, we're all still there, the ones that are, but, uh, you know, it, it's completely different. It's completely different. Like it's it's so di- people don't understand how different it is until you get there. Cause, and then when you talk to people about like, Oh, we should run house shows. You guys should pump more merchandise out. You know, like what about, you know, a Cortez Castro t-shirt, you know, they, they don't even look at it like that. They're just like, nah, we're good. You know, the advertisement, you know, uh, that that's, what's important, you know, getting content for the network. That's what's important. You guys kick ass. That's why you're here. We love you guys. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, the rest of us go, all right, you're leaving money on the table because you don't get it. Like wrestling fans, they love this shit. And exactly. you guys don't want to put it out there. And we tell them all the time, like, man, if you ran two, three house shows, like once or twice a month, you, you sell them out and then put like limited edition T-shirts out there and, you know, collector DVDs and stuff like that. That's, just, you know, that's free money. And they're just like, no, we're good. <laughs> we're just that's like crazy. that that's yeah. mind-boggling in its own it like, oh, wow. because uh, there's no, no wrestling people that understand that and it, and all the wrestling people are telling these hollywood people network people you know this is just easy to do like you don't get it like and and they're just like no nah, that's not how we do business and or they just don't want to deal with it you know and we're just like you need a wrestling person in charge high up to, to do this type of stuff like let them do it you know but i don't know and you know i'm just i mean oh i'm just a dumb wrestler right so like they just kind of look at us like yeah sure whatever and they just keep moving along and you're like all right <laughs> so, they just don't understand our business yeah um and well you've been around you've been literally everywhere um you've been all the way all over the indies and everywhere um i remember personally the experience of a lifetime learning from you firsthand off the monster factory um, it was definitely f- fun and exciting to say the least. What what place is that for you? Where where did you ever go? Where, where where did you have your best experience in your career? Whether it be training someone or actually wrestling. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of different different ones come to mind immediately for all different reasons. Uh, I, high the highest on my list will always be you know the Inoki Dojo because. Uh, my dream was to wrestle in, in the Tokyo Dome, and uh, you know, it, like Japan just always had this special place in my heart because it it really, it really, it's really what caused me to like, truly fall in love with pro wrestling as I got older. Because as a kid, you know, you you don't know, and you just kind of fall for the Hulk Hogan stuff, and you just you're you know you're mesmerized by everything, and and I always knew since I was four. Oh, I was going to be a wrestler, you know, and uh, as I got older, I started to watch. I was doing a lot, a lot of tape trading and RF videos, uh, had like a, a shop down by the mall at the mall that I, I used to go to when I was a kid. And I used to like save my money and, and buy like Steiner Brothers in Japan and and, uh, you know, Best of Dynamite Kid and the British Bulldogs and all that stuff. And uh, so I just really fell in love with Japanese pro wrestling new japan in particular but like getting to train with with antonio inoki himself like on a weekly basis 
learning all the different styles of like fighting and kickboxing and Thai boxing and Greco-Roman wrestling and all, all the different disciplines that they would have us doing every day in the dojo, the squats, the push-ups. And it was like a traditional Japanese style dojo, you know, in Santa Monica. And uh, it was free. To, it was open to anybody. It was free for anyone to come in and train. And it was just us four or five guys that used to show up, show up there every day to the point where we just ended up living there. And uh, I just I just loved every second of it. Like, I remember, literally remember thinking, uh, standing outside the dojo and, it, you know, having, like, the big doors. Like, we had, like, these big warehouse doors. And we'd roll them up and we'd, uh, we'd just do drills on the mat, you know, um, you know, jujitsu, uh, hip escape drills and all these things. And I just remember thinking, like, my life couldn't be any better right now, you know, and I had no money, you know, I'm living off whatever I make, you know, that weekend indie wrestling, uh, no job, you know, uh, you know, high school diploma at best, you know, and uh, I just loved every second of it, just being in the gym and, and training and, and then Mr. Inoki would come in and, and he'd, you know, he'd roll around with us and show us some, some moves and holds and stuff. And then we'd sit there and watch, you know, wrestling with them. And he would explain what he thought was good, what he thought was bad. So it really gave us a perspective on what he, he understood and wanted his style of wrestling to be, which was strong style, original strong style wrestling, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he always told us, you know, you can't emulate a fight if you've never really been in one. So that's why we all kind of did, ended up doing mixed martial arts fights and stuff like that, because it's easier to portray a fighter if you actually were one, right? Like, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you know, if you if you weren't in the major leagues in baseball, you can't, you, you can't be a coach, right? You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's one of those types of things like um, that we just kind of like just followed in his whatever he was saying, you know, and, and he kind of just preached to us like what he thought good wrestling was. And, and that's kind of like how my base of wrestling kind of got so strong because I just knew that like, well, if Mr. Inoki says I I'm doing this right, then, then this is what I need to be, keep doing, you know? So I would say there, uh, the new Japan dojo in like 2002, 2005 ish was probably like the best, best time uh, for training for me at least um when i think of you uh i initially go back to the early days in roh and the havana pitbulls i know one of the uh first big feuds i remember you uh in was with the uh the briscoes uh what did you think of them now and uh how you've seen them progress oh man those guys are my favorite uh in, in and out of the ring <laughs> uh <laughs> They're just they're just awesome all the way around, and uh, I've always been a big fan of guys that just kind of did it their own way, you know, like did their stuff really well, and then uh, made it their own thing, you know. So like like them and Jay Lethal and you know those guys, uh, you know, they're just they just know what works for them, and they they're doing that and they're selling that. And, uh, the first time we met them, we were St. St. Paul, Minnesota or something. And, uh, they were like our, our very first match in ring of honor. Uh, it was the first ever, uh, double shot ring of honor did, I guess it was the 
quote unquote reborn weekend or whatever they called it. And uh, we didn't know who they were. And I'm sure they didn't know who we were. We were all in this big bus together going to the show. And I remember we were in the back kind of putting everything together. And we were like, what do you guys do? And they were telling us and we were telling them. And, and then I kind of came up with the idea of like, look, let's just try to make this what everybody wants to see, which is a fight, you know, like, I don't want to try to, I don't really want to plan too much of pro wrestling things. Cause I want, uh, I felt like our both, both team strong points was like their intensity and their like no nonsense, like kick ass attitude. So we kind of pushed that envelope a little bit and the crowd really ate it up and, uh, you know, it seemed to work out really well, but, uh, yeah, I, I love those guys. Uh, they're just, they're just amazing. And it's like to see them now still on top, still, still getting better somehow, you know, like every time you see one of their promos or something, you're like, man, that was so good. That was so genuine. It's just like, it's everything that wrestling in the like late eighties NWA style used to be, you know, like when Tully and Arn would get on the, on TV and, and talk about the, them being the best. And oh, no, don't, please don't get old school started. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like that's that's what I feel when I when when I hear them, you know, like it puts me back in those days. Like, like Tully and Arn weren't weren't reading any scripts, you know. No, nobody was was telling them what to say or nothing. You know, they were fired up and they had a big match and they were ready for a fight, you know. And they were the champs and they were letting you know that they were the best, you know. And and if you're taking their belts, you'd have to rip their hearts out to take them, you know. And it was just like stuff I that I fell in love with. You know, again, like just the real the realism of, of wrestling. That's why I fell in love with Japanese wrestling, because th there wasn't a whole lot of like pyro and posing and, you know, interacting with the fans. It was just like the intensity, the fists were up, you know, they're swinging, you know, and, and it was just like it was real. You know, it, you can lose yourself in that. You know, you could just watch and just be like mesmerized by it. So, yeah, they're 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 awesome. I'm kind so, of like when a Ricky Reyes takes out everyone with the dragon sleeper, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know it's probably going to be a question you probably have heard more than once, um, but I figure I have to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, any shot at a uh, Rottweiler's reunion? Uh, you know, <laughs> Julius smokes uh, every now and again. <laughs> he, he hits me up. And tells me, yo, man, we got to all get together and, and homicide and, and everybody. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not against it. Yeah, MSG, so I'm sure there's something planned. I know you yeah. got works, right? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't been informed of, of anything yet. But, uh, you know, with homicide, man, he, you know, he's been doing this a long time. And every now and again, you know, he'll message me out of nowhere and just be like, I think I'm done, yo. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, we'll see, because you ain't got nothing else to do, bro. Like, you know, and it's not like it's not like anyone's back, you know, brushing off homicide like you, you ain't still got it. So there's there's plenty in his tank. But he always says, he, you know, before he's he hangs it up or any of us hang it up, you know, we got to all get it, get it together. Oh, no, one more. So uh, I, I would imagine that there's one. There'll there'll be at least one coming. Uh, when I don't know, but uh, <laughs> none of us are against it. I'll tell you that much. All right, that's oh. good to hear. Um, 
thanks again, Ricky. I don't want to keep you more than we more than we can. Um, I just want to take it to the lightning round real quick, mm-hmm. and um, I guess we can take it from there. We call this the round of chair shots. Okay. Uh, it's quick, quick jabs. Give it your best shot. Uh, favorite movie. Uh, Training Day. Nice. Favorite Spanish dish. Uh, tamales count as Spanish dish? I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That works. Um, In-N-Out Burger or Del Taco? In-N-Out Burger. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you had one secret superpower, what would it be? Uh, hmm, that's a good one. Have to be something where I could, like, see through girls' yoga pants at the yes. gym. sometimes, yo, sometimes the yoga pants hold it in place. So you gotta, you gotta see false advertisement or not. No nice things, none. <laughs> what, what's a useless talent that you may have? What's that? What's a useless talent that you may have? Useless talent? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> we had we had we had Mike Quackenbush on before, and he said he could he could do the Mister Perfect uh, spot where he spits the gum out, but spits he'll make it in the any trash can nearby. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It might be my knowledge of wrestling, but I don't think it's useless. But I just have a lot of it. Like there's times when I'm like somebody will ask me a question, and I can go to like a Saturday Night's Main Event in 1987 and say, "Oh yeah, you mean when when Steamboat, you know, did this with you know Honky Tonk Man?" And people are like, "No," like, and I'm like "Yeah, yeah, no, that that was a thing." Like, you know, my knowledge of wrestling is like I've, I've I think I've watched too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not a useless talent at all. Uh, Ricky, we thank you for your time, man. We know it's not always the easiest to sift these things, but truly, man, truly appreciate it. Thanks again. Um, um, anything else you guys want to ask him before we uh before we cut out? That's about it. Thank you so much, Ricky. I'm good. Thank, thank you so, you much, so much. much. Have yeah, a good of course. night. All right, thank thanks you too.